everybody. Welcome to the 85th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And uh, just a heads up, if you didn't already uh, see the lineup for this week's episode, we are not discussing anything that is, well, hardly anything that is like math core in like the traditional sense. But uh, I noticed that. But just a bunch of fucking banging ass records, and you need to know about them. And uh, that being said, we've also got a special guest this evening. We've got Carson Pace of the Calista Boys. Thank you so much for joining us, Carson. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, so good to have you. I think this is the first time we've had you on the, the podcast. Absolutely. Dude, I, this is the first time we've ever had anybody on the podcast like with us. Oh really? Absolutely. I thought for sure it's happened. No, before. no, we had no, we had we, once we had Quaid Ross. Quaid jumped in, but he was like physically with us, like for like, and he didn't say too much. But, like this is like, this is definitely the the first. We're we're twenty first yeah. century. Yep. Look at us go. That's right. That's right, baby. Yeah. So so good to have you on. Uh, excited to talk about some Dow Boys related shit here at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, that being said, uh, the first band we're going to talk about is Black Midi. And Black Midi are an experimental post-punk math rock band from London, UK. You know, after last year's Cavalcade, which is one of my favorite albums of 2021, pretty sure it was one of Carson's as well. You know, I didn't expect them to be able to top that, but I, I gotta say, I think that they've possibly done that with this release. It's Hellfire is, I think, just a step up. They add, they added so much. Um, I uh, I think I still like Cavalcade more. Um. And the only reasoning behind that is is uh, Hellfire's a lot. Um, it is. It's, it's, That's true. It's a lot going on at once. Um, I don't know. I I, I like it, um, but there are like almost like it's it's more memorable as an album. But there are like less standout tracks than Cavalcade. I think. Um, I really like the I, I when I listen to it and I'm reading the lyrics along with it when I have the rare opportunity to do that I like it a lot. Um, just having it uh, on in the background uh, a little much, a little little too much for me. I think you just um, touched on the main the main lyrical thing. Lyrical content is so fucking dense. Yeah, you need to sit yeah, down a lot. and take yeah. this in for mm-hmm. sure, man. It's not a passive listen. This is a very active listen and I think that the story element is just meant to be engaged with and not just kind of as you're saying like on in the background for sure this is like going there, on to like what they did what they were going on with like the play acting and costumes already you know I, I was just kind of expecting just this the black midi cinematic universe yes absolutely you know just more yeah, building definitely. up of that you know and I and I don't hate that at all um like I said I really I really like the record but um I, I don't know like when I finish it like when it comes down to it i'm like oh i want to listen to black midi right now i'll it's usually like oh i want to listen to like john l or uh hogwash and boulder dash or mm. ascending fourths ascending like fourths mm-hmm. i was just about to yeah. say yeah, the i uh, word i aspect saw is them good i saw them earlier this year before they had even released a single from this record and they played most of it um and i will say in a live setting really really cool uh this album in a live setting is like that that is the place to enjoy it i think um they're impossible to sing along with but uh you know it's really fun to like mosh each other into it and and whatnot the the first single on this uh that was like one of the most memorable tracks of that night and obviously i'd never heard it before that um and uh also the music video for that is incredible too yeah 
The music video is awesome. Um, also, s someone told me this record was like Sopranos themed. Um, and it was like meant to be more based around like Tony Soprano. I didn't glean that. Um, I'm not making a joke. I, this isn't like a, a meme I'm, I'm pulling on you, but uh, I think a lot of that got changed. Like, at one point, this album was about the Sopranos, but probably now, for the better. Okay, not okay. probably for the better. Yeah, that's sort of probably a weird. for the better. Yeah, um, yeah. That, those that's that's my two cents on it. I think it's really good though. I think it's really good as well. There's so many standout mm. tracks, and what I love about this band is that they just so fluidly combine so many different types of music. Like, there's a lot of jazz to what they do, but you know, simultaneously, uh, a lot of math rock and noise rock and post punk and they just do all of it so well and put it all together so seamlessly, and that's obviously the kind of shit that we champion here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you guys basically just said everything right there. So, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Carson, uh, what tracks stick out to you? Uh, probably uh, Eat Men Eat. Yeah, I think that one is like, Eat Men super, Eat is fucking fun. good. Funny thing about Eat Men Eat is that that track is fronted by bassist Cameron Picton. He steps up and does main vocals yeah. on that, and I gotta say, he doing... did that a lot in the live setting too. He sang a lot of them. No shit. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah not only cool. he, does... he was also wearing a he was also wearing a shirt that said they thought I was gay. Um, <laughs> it was cool. That's funny. They were awesome. <laughs> I like that. Thought Highly recommend them as a live experience. Like one of the coolest shows I've ever been to. Yeah, Cameron's got a different sort of a, a less forceful and commanding voice than Jordy. It, it's a lot like softer. And more gentle, but it, it perfectly accommodates uh, Eat Many. That's a, a standout track for sure. And the the lyrics on that track are so vivid too. Uh. Like you really feel like you're like on the pirate ship, where the captain's telling everyone to you know enjoy more cheese, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I'm saying. Like density. I mean, in order to hit, take in this band, you'd have to like check the lyrics out a little bit to really understand like each like a song it's just so fucking like it's uh yeah i think they owe a lot to les claypool in that regard with the spoken word absolutely, storytelling absolutely but absolutely now now let me ask you too if they if this record hadn't come out so soon after cavalcade do you think like like if we had been waiting two or three years for a new black midi record like i feel like this almost would have blown my mind a little bit more um um, I but, thought I thought this as well. I don't know because you're still processing. Yep, processing. I'm still Cavalcade. processing Cavalcade. Right. I gotta be real. I like I'm you. still like showing people that record and whatnot. Yeah. You know, this was too soon. I agree. I think that strategically it would have perhaps benefited them in the long term. But when you have a creative spurt, you have a fucking creative spurt, and sometimes you just gotta fucking blow that load and record the record. You know. But yo, but like, does Track that mean? It. Does that mean like because they pumped it out so fast? Does that mean they have more coming to us even after this? Is that like is the train just like starting off? You know, I, I don't know. They're I very mean, young. So Schlagen, I yes. Schlagenheim was was 2019, right? So I mean, this is a once in a generation type band. I'm just gonna say it. So definitely, yep. I think I mean, that I think like I think we're gonna look back at them the same way that we look back at like King Crimson and shit. Like I, I just <laughs> think that. But like I mean, it's also. I, at the same time, like King Crimson has some misses in there. <laughs> like, they, it's not, it, yeah, you've got, got some it, big got, skippers. Listen, you got to keep producing. Put it out to the ether. You know, just keep going. That's just right. Keep going, right? And just yeah. mm -hmm. like King Crimson That's specifically, right. they do have some hit and misses. Carson, you absolutely right. They sure do. Yeah. They sure sure <laughs> they do. Got some fucking Love them too. Yeah, one of my favorite bands of all time. And between the Barry Mio's a tremendous amount of their sound to them. Mm -hmm. 
You Wait, almost you almost let go some of like the experimental side because it is prog rock. You're like, ah, well, they're just they're, you know they're, they're doing just it. They're just doing it. So they will come back to them later on, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go see them live. Go see Black Midi live. I I can't recommend it enough. The Crimson yeah. Pace endorsement. Them and Squid are big on my UK imports at the moment that I need to see live. I I fucking tragically missed Squid last time they were here. I can't remember what my excuse is, but. Are you, you you dug that new Black Country New Road record, right? Yeah, but um, <clears throat> so tragic that they just wanted the recent trend of vocalists leaving the band right as the band is gaining up and left. Yeah, uncanny, crazy. They're a victim of that, sadly. What what a, what a time to dip on your creative endeavor. But I mean, I I fully understand why, but just I mean, hopefully they'll come. Maybe it'll give them a chance to sort of decompress, and then they can come back, and they'll have like a good reunion. Oh no! I think I think he'll be back in the band. I hope so. I think I think he'll come back. I th- they kind of seemed like a hiatus, from what I recall. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, quite a tangent. But yeah, they were really good. That was a good fucking record. Them in sort of on a similar but different tangent. What was that? Injury Reserve, vocalist of Injury Reserve. Yeah. Uh, one of the the members of Injury Reserve passed away right as they released that album, same year. Yeah. Um. Another another band I also saw live like a few months ago. Um. Injury fantastic reserve. show uh, yeah yeah injury reserve is uh i don't know what their plans are exactly um but it it looks like they're going to be continuing to tour for um i mean they were doing a couple dates with black midi um like in the pacific northwest and stuff so oh, fuck. um Damn. yeah wow. i fucking so i was gonna wow. fly to seattle to go to go to one of those shows and it ended up just not working out timing wise with us touring and stuff but um yeah no uh crazy show injury reserve uh maybe one of the only shows i've ever cried at it was it was really nuts damn awesome. wow Once you were, you again, were got another carson pace endorsement there what the fuck another one yeah so just to back to steer the conversation back to black midi and cameron sort of taking up sort of taking more of a lead role on some of these tracks he also provides lead vocals for still which Honestly, I thought we're a bit flat in delivery. That was like the one track that I didn't really walk away from in enjoying a lot. There are some cuts towards the end where I just I couldn't tell you the name of it. It just all kind of blends together after um after that like radio interlude. Uh the like you've never heard a song like this. After that interlude, I couldn't tell you what any of the songs are called. I would say that the race is about to begin is one of the stronger songs on the second leg for sure. Obviously, the closing track is good, but uh, the race is about to begin has it just it, it jumps back and forth between like bombastic math rock with that, those staccato horns and then like like psychedelic folk like kind of all over the place. Yeah, but yet so cohesive. Neil, the psychedelic folk thing, absolutely. Yeah, I got like elements of Grizzly Bear coming off this record as well, sort yeah. of. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I listen I to love a lot Grizzly of Grizzly Bear. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of that band, so maybe it's I'm, I'm projecting a bit, but yeah. listen to a lot. The uh, the Pitchfork profile on them called them uh, Fiery Furnaces meets Mr. Bungle, which I'm spot on with the second one. Yeah, yo, that, I, yeah, the Mr. Bungle in thing terms of like, yo, and spot like hammer, yeah, straight on the head there because yeah. Mr. Bungle in terms of like genre amalgamation is the original. Like there, th- that was absolutely that was like the, the first band that I was like, damn, you really can put funk and metal and whatever else and do a blender and just put it together Weird if you've got enough circus style. music yeah just i don't know 
There, there are some Mr. Bungle songs where I'm just like, you can only play this in a circus. <laughs> it's the only setting it works in. I'm glad that you say circus music because sort of on a similar note, I, I felt like this uh, this record had some elements of like parlor music, you know, like definitely like vaudeville or something, especially on 27 Questions. Is that the name of the track? The Closer? Yeah. yeah. I, I felt like there was some like real like parlor stuff going on there. Like 1800 it- saloon. I think if this was like, I, I think if when they do another headlining tour, which I, I don't believe they're on one right now for this record, but when they do a headlining tour, like fully promoting this record, if they play it all the way through, that is the way to hear it. Oh my God. My absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I agree. I couldn't, I couldn't really picture like, especially like the race is about to begin or 27 questions. Like I, Honestly, I couldn't L. picture that, uh, just like thrown into the middle of a set list. You know what I mean? Between like two cavalcade songs I mean, or whatever. The so, way that they go through like yeah. the play acting and costumes and everything these days. I mean, this should be a, a fucking piece. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> an album piece. Do you know like about the- them? Uh, do you know about them opening for themselves? <laughs> no, what? No. Yeah, so they they have another band that is supposed to be like releasing a record next year. It's like a it's like a hardcore punk band called Orange Tree Boys. Um and frequently they will just like open for themselves, uh which is very funny. And I think I think maybe Jordy I think Jordy plays bass in that band. I think there's like some instrument switches. Um and like they don't have the saxophone or something like that, but they've they've done it many times. <laughs> dude, I fucking love that idea. That is amazing. It's crazy. Holy That's shit, funny. Dude. That it's really good for them to capitalize on that. They're, they're such. They must have such incredible endurance as players to do a set back to back like that, though. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, mean, even the Black Midi set, like they passed an hour, and I was like, they don't look like they're slowing down. I think they played for an hour and a half. It was Dude, really crazy. Watching songs like John L. and then on this new record, um, Sugar Zoo, I feel like that that track especially just gives me hand cramps. Just One of my favorite it, like, tracks on this. Uh, uh, yeah, Sugar, Sugar Zoo, Zoo and big, Hellfire big standout. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super good. Those nimble arpeggios and then the the horns behind it, that, that is just some like mind-blowing fretwork there on that track. Yeah, I mean, well, so one of the I think one of the bigger components of them live is they have a just like incredible keyboard player um who played on Cavalcade and and Hellfire um and the amount of weight that that guy pulls live is just insane because I I mean, Jordy he's a great guitar player but half the time he just doesn't even play what's on the record like you know when they're doing like when they're doing the the riffs you can sing like the john l riff like of course he's playing that correctly you are right though there's a ton of improvisation happening in their sets so much so so much um and it's not that i i dislike that at all it's just like how the fuck do you hold all that together no they really sure people say about my band but you know <laughs> but yeah, they they really do have like this uh this push and pull semi improvisational feel where Jordy will take it off into a direction where they're suddenly doing like um I don't know just name some fucking Appalachian folk tune or there's a, there's a lot of like riffing and meddling they riffed on a uh, country road take me home uh when I when I saw that <laughs> which was very funny there you have it very fucking funny. there we go there we go uh what do you think for the track I think we should give him Sun Tzu. Or excuse me, Sun Tzu. 
wow, uh, Freudian slip there, Sugar Tzu. Sugar Tzu, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Sugar Tzu, which is track two from Hellfire, which is Black Mini's new album that came out on July 15th. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the sporting event of the year? To the thousands in attendance and to the millions watching around the world, let's see some thunder! Posterity will show me to be the greatest the world has ever seen. A genius among non-entities. The runway clash of a century to everywhere for it was 
so that was Sugar Tzu, which is track two from Hellfire, which is Black Midi's new album that came out back in July. So the next album we're going to talk about is, the next band we're going to talk about is Ithaca. And Ithaca are a progressive metalcore band from London, UK. Lots of love for uh, UK on this episode, actually. Mm-hmm. And they just dropped their new album, They Fear Us, on July 19th via Hassle Records. I'm not going to lie, I totally fucking slept on this band. Like, Despite the fact that so many people, including Carson and the Dabway's crew, and all the UK people were sharing the language of injury, I still just didn't... I didn't quite get around to it enough to, to like connect with it, I think, was maybe the issue. Ditto. Um, it really did make the round, so like it was very well received in like my respective community. Yep, saw a lot of live shit, some music videos, and everything, but still didn't grab me. But holy fuck, this album! It's significantly better. It's also a progression, and it's it's very daring for a metalcore band to take so many you know risks in terms of like integrating pop music. I I I think that it is, and they are my friends. So like you know, forgive my bias. I guess everyone who's listening, I I didn't get the record early. They sent me nothing. Uh, so I you know I was just as fresh on all of this as as everyone else was, um, which is uh all all good. Um, I wish they had sent it to me early. I I thought we were friends, but um anyway, I think that the one thing. I'm going to start off with something negative because everything else is positive. Um, the one thing was is that the first four tracks were singles, so I, I noticed that, that bugged I heard, me too. Yes, I'd heard all of them before. I hate hearing the first track in a little the, bit, like the the album cycle, the album promotion cycle. Yeah, I want it to be a mystery. But, but yeah, I mean, like just as like a rule of thumb. For for our band, we never release the first track on on an album as like a single. It's just like not something that we like doing um, because I mean it basically acts as a single the day your record comes out because everyone's gonna at least listen to the first track. Carson just like uh, telling uh, saying that about the four tracks. That's actually like myself just being just an outside listener and everything, um, not knowing anybody in the band. Just fucking uh, ultimately giving this band a first listen. I did not pay attention to that first album at all. Um, I would say that I it's, it's so weird. You you jam the album and it's great, but then you go to like on Spotify and you see like the actual banging tracks. You're like, oh, it's the first four tracks. All right, well, um, okay. But then I, I I do feel that the the album kind of falls away a little bit. Um, I do think that the first four tracks are fucking ridiculous. They are. It's a very very strong opening to this and, album. I and I mean, agree. there are better. I mean, there are good tracks to the rest of the album. But I do feel like I, I, it's kind of weird. They kind of chose the right four tracks for the fucking singles. I guess you know, like. But I mean, like, wouldn't your wouldn't your bangers be in the front anyways? Isn't that what you want? You want the the center attention. But that's what, it, what they call a sides. I mean, you got your yeah. that's what they call them a, B sides B, for a reason. Yeah. You put your weaker yeah. tracks on the second leg of the album. It's just how traditionally it goes. But well, I mean, like I think it gets less and less heavy yes. as it goes oh, on, absolutely. and that might be really what it is. Um, you should have gone back. Is like the one that kind of like brings me back home for sure. Um, I, I don't know. My problem with like, and you know, this is uh, this is maybe ruining our chances of ever touring with them. But I don't give a fuck. Um, my problem with Polyphia and all these like instrumental gent bands is that, at, like, e- even if even if they did have a vocal feature, there would be almost nothing to do over 
a like a polyphia song like you know i don't really like instrumental music a whole lot i mean if i do it's very specific instrumental music like hella or whatever but like with polyphia it's like well okay you know i'd like this better with vocals but what would you even do vocally over a song like this and i think that you should have gone back does that correctly like there's definitely that Ithaca song the second to last one like has some polyphia riffs over it and then it like weaves in vocals and I'm like well this is better than anything that band has ever done like I I I love it I love it that that part really stood out context and and delivery and attitude um Ithaca Ithaca I I gotta say like the 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 singy parts are fucking great good. they really come in very Super almost good. sound like i'd say like atmospheric just how, how they come in and out like yeah. you know like jimmy it's, it's love great. very confident on this release and circling back to the second leg of the album and sort of how it gets less heavy i i sort of appreciate it how where it reaches the pinnacle of that on the, the closing track which is i swear to god it's like like an 80s it's like straight out about an 80s motion picture soundtrack like the closing track Hold Be Held has those like sparkling guitar artificial harmonics that good call and just reverb heavy vocals that really just it reads like an 80s flick you know it's so cool and also the fact that the the chorus of that is the reprise from the chorus of the first song on the record right like, whoa it, it, it so is well. it was like catchy yeah. oh what the fuck full Carson? circle moment well done, there. Yeah, yeah. okay I, I love the way that it ties back in I thought that was just brilliant Mars Volta um, moment there this yeah, definitely kind of like we're talking about Black Midi like being a complete album. I I do feel like Ithaca like I mean if you're gonna like if you have any hesitation I do suggest you listen to the full complete fucking album before you say anything because I do think it's a complete yeah. solid piece of metalcore that does experiment in other genres a little bit there. But it's it's great. It it as far as like melodic metalcore goes like it does more for me than and you know I know a lot of people like this band so I I hate to. Be, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like it does a lot more for me than like a counterparts record does, um, like a lot more. Uh, yeah, um, as far as like melodic metalcore goes, which I mean, not really my genre, not really my bag, um, but I I really really loved uh, what what they do with that here and just balancing that with like all the tricky chuggy parts and like the balance between like the two guitars doing two different panic chords and like timing it, but mm-hmm. acting as one instrument. Oh yeah. It's I know really exactly crazy. the moment you're talking really about nuts. for sure. I thought that, uh, the future says thank you was pretty goddamn strong. I will say that I felt like some of the lyrics were sort of like leaning towards being platitudes in terms of just like how sort of universal they were. But, uh, the lines about nothing stays the same, everything must change, just like hits so hard in the cadence that they yeah. put it in that it's like, it's like okay, this is fucking good and catchy. It's very, very memorable. Well, I know that, um, I know that a lot of it is is political and and stuff like that with uh, just a lot of the members of the band being minorities. Um, and I, I thought it was, I mean, I I thought it was very cool. I, I think all the lyrics being based around that and just the fact that. I think, I mean, I think the the album title obviously alludes to, you know, people fearing immigrants and, you know, uh, sort of like a great replacement theory type deal. Um, I don't know. I think it's hard as nails. Yeah, not to um, not to insinuate any sort of like critiques regarding the, the lyric subject or uh, 
or what have you. I, I, I definitely found them to be very passionate and full of conviction and, um, yeah, just uh, overall very well delivered. Jamila's a fucking great front, you know. You have to give a shit, and Ithaca gives a shit. I fully appreciate and back the messaging behind their music. I would say overall, like, I mean, I did listen to the last album, uh, my last little comment. I would say this album, it, like, if it makes sense, it's a little more, like, brighter. That's kind of what I got from this one. I want to say that they're going in a very similar direction, but still distinct from Rolo Tomasi, too. Like, not to... To do some obvious, Did some obvious comparison making. Now but that's in my fucking head. I mean, I would compare them more readily to a band like Architects. You know, a melodic metalcore yeah. band, a very old school, not well, arguably old school, or at least very influential UK band. Like that would be yeah. my first point of reference for this band. I mean, Carson Hill, the counterparts too. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So, uh, what's the track? What's the track. I think that uh, the future says thank you. Is it? So we're going to go ahead and play for you The Future Says Thank You, which is track two from Ithaca's new album, They Fear Us, which came out on July 29th. Here we go.
So that was The Future Says Thank You, which is track two from Ithaca's new album, They Fear Us, which came out back in July. So the next band we're going to talk about is Imperial Triumphant. And Imperial Triumphant are a black and death metal trio from New York. And they've been around since 2005, but it wasn't until, I think, Vile Luxury that the band caught my attention when we saw them live with Behold the Octopus, actually. I mean, I, I like liked the album, but seeing them live just like fully cemented my interest. Very good. And now they're back with their new album, Spirit of Ecstasy, which came out July 22nd via Century Media Records. I gotta say, I'm really tempted to say wonky a whole bunch of times, just off the bat. Yep. This, this this shit is wonky, dog. It's it's so it's pretty crazy. Yeah, black it's, metal meeting jazz. So you just I'm go from there. So glad you said that. the The element of jazz is so strong in this record. Like in the first track, there's this part where the bass is doing like a walking bass line underneath, like chugging, and I've never heard anything like that before. I mean, BT Bam has done, like, full-on jazz breaks. There's been, like, plenty of jazz breaks in bands, of course, but to, to just, like, amalgamate them, it's almost clashing, but, like, intentionally so. Yeah. Um, I I liked it. Um, here Here's what I'll say. Um, I, I, I had heard this band's name so many times. Um... And I knew that I was going to listen to them eventually. Um, we actually, like, I, I think we're supposed to play a festival with them or something like that. Um, or maybe we are playing a festival with them. I have no fucking idea. But um, I I had heard their name, and then I think it, maybe it was you, Christian. You shared that they did a track with Kenny G, um, which, is, which is on this record. It's my favorite um, track that they've done, too. Th- so sick uh really really cool um before uh, i'm gonna jump in before you uh finish up carson um uh the re- uh kenny g's son has also contributed guitars to this band already so there is oh, that's cool. all, obviously a reason why kenny g would come on this because his son's already been because i believe it was the last album kenny g's son did guitar uh contributed uh, that's cool yeah, so anyways the, the kenny g feature uh, is, is good it's very it's a lot of kenny g it's well placed i i, th- I thought it worked really well um and uh, once I got to that track, I just wish the whole album sounded like that. I guess. Yes. Shout out. I, yeah. So that's like kind of kind of where it, it dips for me is like the rest of it. I'm just like, ah man, like that's such a big peak, and the rest of it just doesn't quite meet that. Um, also, I don't know if I'm just like in this weird world of like. <laughs> overproduced metalcore that we kind of reside in now, but uh, not a fan of the production on this one. I just did not like it very much. I'm not um, like a production snob, so I was able to enjoy it without thinking too hard about it, but I, I can... I'll, like, side, you, I'll side with Carson. Side you with also Carson. were on the same tip, I <laughs> think, too. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, I literally have it in my notes. Definitely not the best uh, produced uh, album of theirs. So Well, and I think what they're going for is I think they almost want it to be produced like an old jazz record, which yeah, I love the idea of that. Out. I think that's really cool. Um, that being said, like, I don't think there's really a place for this band in like the modern jazz scene. I think no. they're, they really, really want to have a place in it. 
but I just don't think it's there. Man, but they have um, so it's much. Pretty intense to be in the jazz but scene with the know? vocals. Yeah. I think that the vocals would make it very tough for them to like make it in the jazz to get any sort of uh, accreditation or acknowledgement within the jazz scene. But to be fair, I mean they do have full on free jazz breaks like the closer. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I mean, the instrumental I track they... in the pleasure of their company uh, is is very free jazz. One of one of the biggest highlights for me. That's a definitely. good track. I mean, there's also like I mean, some hair metal solos on that tree, and and, and, <laughs> um, and some like j- jazz fusion as well. It is black metal and jazz. That is what this fucking album definitely. is. Definitely black metal and jazz. Yeah. yeah. And the I think the other problem that I just have with all black metal is that the vocals are just kind of wallpaper. They they're there because they have to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not even um, instrumental. It's more just like just yeah. You're you're right. Wallpaper. It's there. It's in the back. Yeah. Man, it's like right there. I, I love those elements of their music still, though. I feel like they're really solid, and uh, I, I'm loving the, the Gorguts-inspired wonky riffs that they bring and integrate so fluidly with these these other elements that we've been talking about, the, the, the jazzy elements, and yeah. more recently, these orchestral elements. You want to say something, Levi? Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say, like, not only Kenny G in, involved with this fucking album, but, I mean, like, we got fucking the Voivo, uh, Voivod, Voivod vo- vocalist. Voivod, yeah. uh, uh Alex Golnick of Testament. Mm-hmm. We got fucking Trey of Mr. Bungle. Some big Second features. Mr. Bungle reference of this fucking episode. <laughs> Lots of love for Mr. Bungle on yeah. this episode. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're dipping their toes in the right fucking areas. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even Very that, experimental. Like, that jazz metal, like, dude, what about fucking, um, uh... What is it? Full of Hell. Uh, they're South by Th- Southwest. Like a few years ago, they threw that saxophone in there. That was amazing. And then Noel, uh, that grind band that sounds just like fucking <laughs> from Hell. Uh, same thing. Just like <laughs> they have the the, the saxophone. And like I absolutely love the jazz. I do love incorporated Nola. with this. But yeah, I, I mean, they definitely would not be taken in by the jazz community. So you know, just, with open arms. If I can know? just put myself in here, like quickly, just to please, since we're talking about like what makes this music so special I, I feel like we haven't touched upon the the choral elements of this record enough especially on the track um, Mercurius Gilded is very very prominent like I don't know it's like psychedelic and like mesmerizing honestly oh like, that track yeah yeah okay. I mean not okay. only did we have that Kenny G feature but we get this I had to see where it was in the album I remember that yeah one. it's like transcendent the, the orchestral elements basically sound like they're straight out of like a 50s Disney flick. <laughs> yeah, that shit's crazy. That that was the reference point that I had too. I was like, this is really pretty. If you saw my, um, my post, I was like, this sounds like Alice in Wonderland. And that I think that's like the finest Disney film in terms of like scoring. And that's why. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Imperial Triumphant to just like go whole hog and have like no black metal elements. Just make a jazz fucking orchestral record well yeah i I would love that the the impressionist elements are already fucking there again when i when i cite alice in wonderland i really feel like that score was inspired by like ravel and wc so i i feel like imperial triumphant are kind of bordering that sort of territory with this track i mean if you look on spotify it's the most played track too by like it's got twice as many plays by as the other tracks see i think they really hit on something there that is both forward thinking and sort of like nostalgic almost for me anyway just bring me back to those those disney old school vibes where this, they actually really cared about uh the orchestration of their scores and not just like trying to make it pop music i think that uh i mean 
they seem like a pretty self-aware band. I don't think any band that has Kenny G on a on a song isn't self-aware. They knew what they were doing. So, um, <laughs> they knew. What I'm they really were doing. hoping that they that they look at you know how well that track did and kind of dive into that more. Um, I think whatever they do next, I'm extremely interested in. Same. I don't use the word cinematic lightly, but it is so cinematic, so vivid. The imagery mm-hmm. that it evokes for me. That, that particular track, you know. Well, I mean, also you see them live, and if you look at any pictures of these, of it's these, enchanting. I mean, yeah, they they have they have a they have an aesthetic to them. We'll say right, so in a wardrobe costume. So, yeah, I'm a big fucking fan of this band, and I feel like this is one of the best records in extreme music this year so far. All right, what's the track then? I I think that since we've praised it so much, it's got to be Mercurius Gilded. Boom. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Mercurius, Mercurius Gilded, which is track four from Spirit of Ecstasy, which is Imperial Triumphant's new album that came out on July 22nd. Here we go.
right, so that was Mercurius Gilded, which is track four from Imperial Triumphant's new album, Spirit of Ecstasy, which came out back in July. So next, we're going to give you some news and new releases. Or not really new releases, just some news, because, well, goddammit, today, Botch put out a new song. And really, really crazy. So... With this announcement, uh, you know, does come some sweet, or some sour with the sweet, rather. There is sort of the the sentiment that they basically just did this to bump vinyl sales because the track is a Dave Knudsen B-side, and they sort of repurposed it into a botch song, filmed a music video, went to all the trouble of, of doing this just to basically, you know, sell vinyl uh, a vinyl to reissue. break our hearts. To break our hearts. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a buzzkill to have Brian Cook just like dis. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I gotta be real. I think that he's like the only one that doesn't want to reunite. <laughs> like I think I think the other three guys are like pretty down for it. I just think he's so committed to not wanting to. Um, and I can respect that on some levels, weird. but like when you've got such a a frothing fan base that's literally champing at the bit for you to come back not literally but figuratively champing at the bit to come back yeah and you know to have you have you play a show again i've never seen them live before so i very selfishly would love to have that opportunity but yeah it's like i would have rather just been left to wonder than have the absolute certainty that it's never coming back i mean i, I get it they should have just but the 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 uh, the mystique has sort of been dismantled i guess by just saying it flat out that there's no chance of a reunion and it makes me feel kind of shitty because I feel like I was just sort of like tricked into like buying a reissue of a vinyl did you get one I mean yeah, yeah of course like, I did. I'm I'm a, I'm a buy it but like I'm a buy it too I bought a G you know I did yeah no I'm a diehard I mean, botch fan one of my favorite bands of all time but yeah they have um, this, I'm sad though they have this whole new generation of fans right like me and like a bunch of other people my age who, you know, I would I would call this band my band's biggest influence. Like not not a joke, bigger than Dillinger, bigger than the Chariot. I would call this band our biggest influence. So like, it, you know, I don't just want to cover St. Matthew Returns to the Womb in my band. I want to see it be played live. I would really like that. Um, it's a bummer, man. Like I, I just, you know. I, I wasn't there when it, I was fucking five years old, younger than that when they broke up. Fuck. Like, I mean, it just, it seems kind of shitty. Um, I really hope that, uh, you know, maybe some, a, a big enough offer, uh, crosses the table where Brian Cook has to say, okay, fine. Um, but even if he, says no fucking i can play bass Bosch. yo you like, literally took the words out of my mouth i was just about to say <laughs> i was gonna say like is brian, brian that big of a only... fucking piece in the fucking puzzle here man jesus christ i mean, I mean yes i will say yes, brian I, I get, is a big piece of the puzzle very distinctive bass lines that have influenced other bass players like it just sucks that the bass is it's like it's like gene simmons having the reins of kiss it's just like god damn it's the bass is really gonna have the goddamn like saying all this like Wow, fucking okay. Wow. It seems it really does seem like the other three guys are like fucking we'll do botch again. Like <laughs> we do botch again. Like we'll botch it up. I just I, it's like I'm yeah. seeing the window on this opportunity close like right before my Definitely. very eyes and I, the romance is going to be lost at some point, you know? Like 
Well, the, the, their original fans will have aged out potentially of really being interested. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm still down to buy. A maybe not. Yeah. They have, they have a. I think that they might prove to have a pretty not impenetrable legacy, like such as Dillinger's, but perhaps, but um, you know, comparable in in some ways, and just that they're just arguably one of the biggest influences in like modern metalcore. If if not the biggest, I mean, like there are riffs on "Oh God, the Aftermath" that are straight bot riffs, like that are just stolen mm-hmm. identically. Um, and it's not that I don't love that. I've said before, like I love a good riff. I love a good riff even more when it's stolen. Um, <laughs> like, listen to Antarctica. I, yeah, I've, listen to the Callous Cowboys. Christ, um, but like, uh, it's it, I don't know. I don't know. I really wish they would do it. I I want to like plead with with Brian Cook. I want to just be like, come on. So Brian <laughs> made a tweet today, sort of addressing it because I, of course I just had to like put gasoline on the fire by posting a meme. Of course, your Bobby meme was pretty goddamn. It's just like yes, I'm very upset as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I got some flack for that, but uh, yeah, he basically tweeted that you know he got to do it like the best peak time of his life got asked to join a band that he was very enthusiastic about joining and accomplished everything that he wanted to accomplish and feels that he is now accomplishing everything he wants to accomplish already in bands like sumac and russian circles or whatever what have you and that there is no need basically is sort of what i was reading out of that is no need for a good yeah, well, which makes me sad. It's like, fine then, get get somebody else to fucking play bass. Get get Nate Newton of Converge. Ben of fucking Converge has already offered to play drums on it, if I'm not mistaken. I think he tweeted something that he would he would for a st- in a heartbeat step in and fill in for for Tim Laytona. So, well, I've I've got I've got an idea. Why don't me Nate Newton and and Ben Caller just get together with Dave Nudson and we'll be botched. Why, why don't we just do that? Carson, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard ever. That's amazing. I know. Amazing <laughs> idea. What the fuck? <laughs> huh. All right. I mean, they're, they're selling out of vinyl like on day one of, of putting it out. So I think the demand is, is clearly there. Like, play play a fucking show for us, please. Play a play reunion show, at least, at least one. Just Furnace Fest 2023. Just come on. I mean, if it's, like, bad, you wouldn't have taken the opportunity to record this track. You clearly all still have the chops and the energy to do it. Like, yep. it's like, why are, why are we not playing I, I know, and can we talk about how the song, like, kind of goes? Like, it's it's, it's not a flop. I mean, I it's, it's not like... I was going to say, it's 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 lackluster to me. It's, it's not like, like my favorite. Yeah. I'm definitely, like, at a bit of a 6.5 on it. It's not, like, the, my favorite thing that I've ever heard, but it definitely reminds me of an anthology of Dead Ends era type riffs, you know? But, yeah, so there's new botch, a new botch song, but there apparently is no hope of an actual botch reunion in terms of, like, gigs or other new music coming out, so... Get that reissue. And you no, you can't get it because it already sold out. It already sold out. Don't get it. Um, everything's not gonna happen anymore. So <laughs> everything's fine. So, all right, we'll make a tradition out of it. And uh, uh, all right, moving on. So let's see here. The next band we're gonna talk about is Gisei. Mm-hmm. And Gisei are a grindcore duo from Vancouver, featuring. 
Lita of The Hollowed Catharsis. And they just released their new EP, Sincerely Lita and Alexis, which came out on July 30th. And even though this band has only been around for about a year and a half, they've already put out an fairly, uh, a fairly impressive number of singles. <laughs> been pumping out some music for sure. Uh, and an EP last year as well. But I gotta say, this new EP is definitely next fucking level compared to their old shit. Like, this is way better. Uh, this is, um, like, out of all the things that you gave me that were, like, new that I hadn't already known about, this is definitely my favorite. Fuck mm. um, mm-hmm. I I think this is, like, I, I don't know. We also have Worm Rot on this episode, and uh, th- this Similar does everything to. that I want the Worm Rot record to do. <laughs> um, like, it grinds. It's, like, I don't know. Um I see this band in my Twitter feed a lot and like they're kind of part of that circle that of like some other bands that we're homies with like PS your dad and stuff Cyber like that. Grind community. Um, the dance violence gang. Yeah, I think absolutely the dance violence gang. Yes. Um, and uh, I had heard their name. Um, I was expecting like, you know, the fake drums and you know, the chip tune shit. And there's so many fucking good riffs on this thing. Yes. That I'm just like, ah, yes. All right. Like this is, this is what, that's what that fuck. Um, Alexis is a riff machine. Yeah, yeah. so good. Um, Every riff on this fucking album is just like good and memorable and hard as fuck. Well, and similarly to uh, Sugar Rot by P.S. Your Dad, like um, super good album. This is this is what that circle of bands needs right now. Like this is like this is so, way more on like a death grind grindcore sort of oriented tip yeah, though, as opposed to like the sass core sort of. Heavy, heavy, yeah, low, low influence stuff. It, 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 it wasn't what I expected, and it's, it's. I, I think probably uh, out of all the records that we're talking about, probably my favorite. Yeah, this is this was so fucking good. I really surprised. I mean, I'd seen like some videos of them on Twitter like a year ago, and I was like, okay, wow, this is much much better than what I remember from hearing on Bandcamp. And yeah, sure enough, this this, this new fucking album does not disappoint. They really just bring. Like blistering fucking, uh, I mean, grindcore or death grind, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, with like, yeah. it's like, but there's like death grind, deathcore elements too. Like they have like almost slam parts, like Pognotrophy Part Three, The Housewife, and Pull Yourself Up by Your Pleasers. They're like definitely bordering on some like deathcore, like slam territory for sure. Word. Like Lita has got some of the most animalistic savage vocals on this fucking release one of the biggest highlights for me just like versatile like go ahead oh no 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 no, you go ahead i was gonna say super versatile especially on like pink bubblegum that's like that's my my favorite track one of the best tracks on the album i uh i also really liked how uh from joy has has a song called it it really hurts and it's got the fucking their little logo literally the same thing it's just the same thing with the I was like, am I the only one who is seeing this shit right now? It was so awesome. I was like, that's so fucking funny. They took it. They're like, it's mine also. This is me. <laughs> it really hurts. It, it seemed it it seems like they, they're aware of what they're doing. I think it was um, a I think it was a joke. I think it was a nod, yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite From Joy songs. Um so it was it was cool that it was it was like a little reference. I was like, Oh man, that's kinda that's kinda cute. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so really, really strong riffs, as we just established. Brutal fucking breakdowns mixed in with this uh, this death grind sound. 
in a way that really reminded me of Maruda. I would cite that along with Scott Hull, you know, agoraphobic, agoraphobic nosebleed because absolutely, absolutely, the the Scott Hull riffs are definitely there. Like the, the, the big fucking riffs, especially on pull yourself up by your pleasers. That intro riff is just so like Scott Hull ish. Um, I also the uh, the other reference that I would give for this is probably Gridlink. Um, uh, definitely, definitely some influence there. Speaking um, of Worm Rot too, I mean they're definitely kind of that that first track. Um, what is it called? And I let God see me. Kind of has that same like crossover thrash hardcore sound that Worm Rot has been flirting with as well. So I would I would strongly compare yeah, them to them uh, to them as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm just, like, I'm so fatigued by program drums and, like, home-brewed cybergrind projects. But this band really gives me hope for, for the genre. If you can, like, program drums that are convincing enough, I just get really tired of hearing, like, single, like, max-velocity program drums the, to the point where it's so mechanical that I can't even, like, listen to it anymore. The resurgence is cool, but, like, yeah, the point, it is just a bunch of program drums, so, and yeah, like so much. And, like, the cheesy, you know, synth stuff also just, it's like, we're really, we've just abused 2007 to 2009, like, to death. Like, can mm-hmm. we can Still we going on? to, too. Pretty sure not, they're not done yet, so. <laughs> it just further proves that no one does it better than the cheeseburger picnic. <laughs> Yeah, Maya definitely on like another level of like singer songwriter solo project stuff for sure. Damn good artist too. Damn good artist. Uh, everything that Maya has been involved in has been fucking dank. Be it um, fire, dude. Fire. I'm not even gonna go back, but fucking yeah, fucking fire. Maya, Maya Chun. Fucking. Um. Yeah. Let's pick a track. Okay, um, so let's go ahead and I think, uh, shit, cyberbullying me in real life was the one that I had picked. Cyberbullying me IRL, I should say. Carson, what do you think? Um, I I would agree with that. I also uh, I greatly liked um, hang on, hang on. Pink bubblegum was mine. I, I greatly liked pink bubblegum. Okay, so um, we all agree pink bubblegum is it too. Great. Are we gonna put our rings together and play that track or what? <laughs> We'll play Pink Bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you will. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and play for you Pink Bubblegum, which is off Jisei's new album, Sincerely, Lita and Alexis, and that came out on July 30th. Here we go.
It's not the same band. Even if it's it was good, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You got to respect fair. that. You got to respect that. That's yeah, how much yeah. of a petty fucking bitch I am. Uh, hey, man. I mean, listen. Like, I, I get it. It's, uh, you know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to, like. Um, all, all f- it's, it, Go ahead, sorry. I don't know. I was gonna say no, no, no. All, all feelings, you know, weird, weird feelings about them. I have the side. Like I, I do feel like the last really exceptional thing they put out was Redeemer. I feel like that was like the last good album that I was like, this is still, it's good. It still kind of sounds like Oh God, the Aftermath. But... Carson, what's your favorite Norma Jean album? Meridional. Oh, oh, really? What? I love. You that also record. like that gore. Awesome. You like fucking. You like weird shit. We don't agree. I don't like gore. I like Ohms, but I don't like Gore. See, I knew, okay, it wasn't Gore. I knew it was some Deftones album that I didn't Ohms like. Ohms is tight, dude. <laughs> you, you, it's not. See, here's the problem. It's all and, right. and Matt, Matt, our our new drummer, and I were talking about this. The problem with new Deftones is that it's not horny. It's got to be horny again. Okay. No, I'm serious. Okay. No, listen. Like, no, no. I hear. I hear what you're saying. Notoriously start, horny band. So yeah, I think when they stop being horny. They stop being good. They try when they're like when they're trying to be heavy too much. I feel like yeah, maybe we're losing Carson. That makes complete sense. Let you know, just be a weird, horny, cryptic motherfucker, and the rest will come. Though the breakdown parts will will come. I'm pretty sure about Korea. Korea is about like fucking in a strip club. Like that song's awesome. You know, yeah. he's not horny anymore. I don't know. He's got to be horny. I, listen, I saw them. Not but a couple months ago at Bill Graham here in San Francisco, and I think the horniness was still there. They they played <laughs> they played Digital Bath, and I I may have been at half mast. May have may have no, been no, having you some horny. Ah, okay, yeah, not the same thing. thing. Yeah, it's different. different. Right, I'm okay. Yeah, Slipknot was never horny, which like you know they they just became old guys. Their mu- their music has also not held up as well as Deftones. Like Deftones music is still like arguably very very good. Dan was playing a like I walked into the Dowboys house. I don't I don't live there, but the rest of them do. I walked in and Dan was playing something off uh, the Gray Chapter that Slipknot album, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like, That's I not was it, like, Dan. Stop That's it. a deep cut. That's deep in <laughs> that, there. That okay, ain't it. Right. That ain't it, G. He was like, this song's really hard to play. And I was like, I don't care. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck with Iowa always, though. So That's, that's where cool. I draw the line. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. What was the following track or album that came? The Vermilion something or other? Yeah. yeah. Whatever Whatever came out chapter, after Iowa. Chapter Iowa's, 3 or something. Yeah. There was a couple of okay tracks on that, too. Can't really remember. All right. <laughs> so we apparently they weren't that good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> oh what? All right, so that was Pink Bubblegum, which is off Sincerely Lita and Alexis, which is Gise's new album that came out on July thirtieth. So the next band we're going to talk about is Wormrot. Wormrot are a grindcore trio from Singapore. <laughs> of course, they hardly need an introduction. They're. A... Oh, so I was like, who's so who? Who's they're basically a legendary grindcore band. Oh. They've been around since 2007. For those okay. of you who don't know, they've consistently proven themselves to be one of the best bands in the genre. And uh, personally, I think that they've only gotten better with every album subsequently. So 
I mean, personally, I've been following them since 2012 with the release of Dirge, but I think it was 2016 with Voices that I was like, okay, this band is fucking incredible. Like, they started bringing in, <clears throat> excuse me, some some more of those like crossover, like thrashy hardcore elements, uh, and now those elements are like really fully like formed on this record. Mm-hmm. I mean. And the album is called Hiss, by the way. It came out on July 8th via Earache. So they've got the biggest grindcore bass label backing them. And on this album, they've really just allowed themselves to like branch out and experiment with all different kinds of music from, again, you know, crossover, thrash, and hardcore to black metal uh, to even like screamo. This album is fucking top notch. It's so fucking good, man. Like, this is. Uh, this is easily one of the best albums of the year so far, in my opinion. I uh, I'm not a big thrash person. Um, I'm I like don't listen to a lot of that. Um, but uh, and also I, this is my first Worm Rot album. Oh really? Um, Holy yes. uh, shit! Interesting. Yeah. Time so to I find listened it. to this, and then um, I listened to Voices. Uh, I thought Voices was killer. Um, I thought that was really really cool. Um, I, everyone in uh band we're good friends with for your health everyone in for your health loves this band so um i've heard a lot about them uh for sure but um i i i thought this record was really cool um i love the artwork i love the album artwork it's just like not it's not just a Slint you know, vibe. classic metal or whatever yeah exactly or Jacob um, pastorius vibe really, reminds truly. me of the mega yeah. brain album cover doesn't know Megan Brain. Look, maybe Levi didn't see the meme, but I posted this meme where I, I like posted like "Look What I Did"s album and this album and uh, Thundercats album, and of course Thundercats album is inspired by Jaco Pastorius, which Dan pointed out to me, and I didn't know that. Dan Dan Dowboys did point that out to you. I had no idea. Um, well then, Dan's like the biggest Jaco Pastorius fan I've ever met in my life. I thought it was. I thought this record was really cool. Um, since they've been around so long, I'd like to see them get some hardcore cred, I guess. Um, like, I, I don't know. I feel like um, the main thing I, I the on, only thing, only problem I have with like modern hardcore is there's like not enough grindcore influence. Um, this I would really like to see, uh, I would really like to see uh, Wormrot like get their flowers I, I would love to see them play sound and fury or you know something like that i think um yeah they I mean, especially with I, w- I would really like to see that yeah i mean especially on tracks like seizures and voiceless or like the gang chants on when talking fails it's time for violence like those like simple yet satisfying slayer type riffs they are it's just like i love how they're just taking it back to basics and I think it kind of goes to show you like how West Coast hardcore is just such a fucking dominating voice in like extreme music right now. They have included a lot more death metal in this album versus like the last like uh, releases. There's definitely a more or death black metal. metal too. Black metal, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely more of a mix going on here, man. Um, but so um, I would say the the production overall fucking very crisp and clear. It's a lot. Notch. I mean, expe- for, so uh, specifically good. for such nasty grind to be so like. 
like perfect it's yeah it's top notch it, it really kind of goes towards like discordance axis where like such mm-hmm. nasty absurdness is just recorded so well and just produced so well with like um, major key like melodic riffs but yeah. like 16th note blasting underneath that yeah. in a way that's again I, I hate to keep belaboring the point but black metal it's kind of like black metal-ish in the way that I mean that, that grid link type approach almost okay. with I, tremolo I, picking yeah. melodic riff blast beats you know yeah um, especially on hatred transcending and uh, desolate landscapes, I, I feel like both of those tracks were kind of really hitting more of those like blackened notes. They even like do some fucking singing. There's some like Peter Steele, like Glenn Danzig type singing, singing almost, on the yeah. on the second track, like right out the gates, beginning of the album. Yeah, like yeah. we're gonna do some singing. You will not hear any. I mean, truly. The death metal influence you're hearing on this album and the clean singing, these are two fully like new introductions into what Wormrod is. Um, but in it, like I've checked out a few reviews and I can definitely tell like ain't nobody hating on this. Like everybody's just like, mm-hmm, this is top give it, notch. Bring it, give it, give it to me, give it to me. Um, but uh, yeah, man, we've been waiting for a while for Wormrod and we got it. Six year gap. Fucking, yeah, dude, it's fucking great. Six um, years. I'm gonna bust it out. Uh, I haven't heard you guys say these uh, tracks yet, but. Um, uh, the Darkest Burden uh, and then Broken Maze as well were uh, two of my favorite tracks on this album. But just like Disordance Access, man, it's fucking jammed filled. It is long. It is big. So, 21 I mean, tracks. Got a, lot of, got a lot of grind to sort through there, you know? Levi, you're so funny. You always cite the tracks that I have, like, no... <laughs> These what we do. I have, like, no interest in or just didn't, like, had no notes on. Or, oh, us. That's so funny, yeah. Um yeah, uh, seizures. Seizures was seizures. the uh, standout mm-hmm. track for me. Seizures, seizures is well, fucking but, real, yeah. real good. Uh, on that same note, when talking fails, it's time for violence. To hear this band do a gang chant was quite unexpected, but just tight. Shit's so tight. well, fucking tight though. So well fucking executed. Awesome. That's why I'm saying worm rot for sound and fury. Come on. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I really loved about this album is that they have introduced strings too. So that there's like. A lot of violin on um, the instrumental grief. There's violin on, God, what was it? Weeping Willow, which is one of the best tracks on the album, by the way. It's like a minute and a half, but like super aggressive and almost kind of like screamo-ish. And then as if to like reinforce that on the closing track, Glass Shards, like the, the second leg of that track definitely hitting some like very melodic kind of like screamo-type territory with some, dare I say, like emotional and epic strings like going over the top of it it's just like it's a really epic grindcore like melodic grindcore moment that well i just said. i would not expect to, yeah. to feel moved by a grindcore band in such a way but it's like a beautiful moment almost i i really liked this um it was uh it was a little long um, <laughs> like I said, man, I, they get, they give you a lot of grind. That's the here, first man. time anyone has ever said that about a grindcore album in history, Carson. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: is one of one of the biggest things I noticed while listening to this is just like how many bands that I regularly influence that I regularly listen to are influenced by this band. Uh, Closet Witch being the uh, first one that really stuck out to me. I think Closet Witch is like fucking brilliant. I think Super they're good one band. of the best bands of the last ten years. Um, amazing band um very clearly influenced by this band and uh i i yeah no i i really really liked it um i don't know if it's just me uh maybe uh becoming an old man or something like that but uh i uh 
I was like, man, this record would be perfect if it was 21 minutes long. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you get an extra 10 minutes and it's it's still great. I, I get into this with the podcast a lot, but short and digestible. But uh, this is like something where it's like, I mean, I feel like the tracks are Did you so, feel like it was too lengthy? No, no, because it's grind where each track is so short and sweet in a way. They got some lengthy tracks. There's some more lengthy. Yeah, there's you a know, couple, two or three in, in a four minute cut. But I don't so, got yeah. a stomach. Uh, I mean, you know. I can have 12 tracks and that 12 tracks can take me one, one album hour, or maybe it might take me, you know, hour and a half, you know, that's different. But I know overall, man, I mean, it's been six years. Like, give me all the warm rot. Like, oh, I want all of it. Give me, <laughs> that's give where me, I'm at too. Me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was overly long, but um, yeah, traditionally a grindcore album is shorter. I'll definitely, I'll meet you halfway on that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've listened to it quite a few times but I'm with Carson I expect a short uh, grind album I'm like wait a second I check my watch mic hold up let's give him the closing track because I just feel like that's not getting enough love okay it's I mean Glass Shards really just sees them taking it in such a, a adventurous direction you know one thing that we didn't touch on I'm surprised that neither one of you mentioned and of course I kept forgetting because we're just having a good conversation is that uh, vocalist Arif has decided to part ways with the band uh, after this album, just citing personal hardships. Wait, what? Yeah, and of wow. course, one of the most dis- distinctive features is Arif's vocals, so versatile, and uh, even proving God, that more like on this album. Access. This is just like, is everything just, oh man, this is crazy. Is that what happened with Discord? John no, Chang? No, no, John, if, but if John did. There would be no Discordance access. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Well, either way, John's yeah. John's all fucking, this is what it is. Damn. I don't that's... know what you're saying. <laughs> John's I... vocals are so distinct. Therefore, his vocals are okay. very distinct. Right. Gotcha. Christian. Carson, anything you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, I think that this is probably the one I have the least to say about. Um, it, it's cool. It's great. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, it rocks. It rolls. So we're going to play for you Glass Shards, which is the closing track from Wormrot's new album, Hiss, which came out on July 8th. Here we go.
right, so that was Glass Shards, which is the closing track from Wormrot's new album, Hiss, which came out back in July. So the next band we're going to talk about is Chatpile. And uh, I know a lot of people have probably been eagerly waiting for this discussion, even though it's, you know, just ba- not even adjacent, really. Just Is a- this mathcore? <laughs> Certainly not. Huh. But uh, so Chatpile are a noise rock sludge quartet from OKC. And they just released their debut studio album, God's Country, July 29th via The Flinzer, which is actually a Bay Area-based label. And goddamn, this is some of the absolutely most disturbed and demented shit I've heard in a hot second. It's uh, I mean, it's easily one of the most talked about releases of 2022 so far. If you use Twitter or mm-hmm. Facebook or any sort of social media, you've undoubtedly seen someone mention this. It's it's really it's quite good. Like every track offers something memorable, but I, I think that the main distinct feature is is the vocals, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, probably the probably the uh, strongest uh, uh, I, I don't, the strongest element of this band. I think like the production is charming. I think it's really fun. Soaked in reverb, uh, especially for Slaughterhouse. Soaked in reverb. Um, Percussionist. And, and, and is that's like... cool. <laughs> Such a 90s fucking callback, the production of this. It sounds like a fucking Melvin's record, yeah, the production. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. like early Butthole Surfers kind of shit, too. Like, but yo, dude, I mean. The, Since we're citing bands, Jesus yeah, Lizard. Jesus Lizard. Um, I mean, yeah, I Hate God. You really want to get into this? Like, I Hate God vibes for Definitely. sure. Um, but, uh, the, I mean, overall with the vocals, it's just that, that fucking <laughs> frustration. And then lyrically. Incredible. Um, something, um, something about uh, just with punk, with just punk in general. Um, the simplicity of the lyrics can sit hit so hard sometimes. Why? Like, simply why? Like the, yeah, the song why? why? It's just like fuck. Why man, do people have to live You outside? got a lot. You got you got one question in that fucking song, and it like it's it's we still don't, don't still don't really got an answer for you, bud. Like it's fucking amazing. It's um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I think that. Um, the fact that this band has crossover appeal is just so awesome to me. <laughs> like, I just, I think it's great. Every community is like, yes, like, this is it, dog. It's so dirty, yeah, though. No. It definitely <laughs> scares away some people. I feel like it is kind of like raw, oh. grungy, like where... Oh, it is scare the hose music. Oh, ah, dude, sure. that's what I'm saying. That, that, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so um, I, I, I do feel like... <laughs> Christian liked that one. <laughs> yep. It is so spot on. But you, you really do say that uh, it's it, it, there. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of roughage in there. But I, I mean, uh, lyrically, I mean, just lyrical approach, just like vocally, how he's going at it. You know, it's uh, even tracks like uh, I, I would say like the more subdued tracks would be like Pamela. Pamela. Like, I don't care if I if I burn. The pa- even the Pamela those, is the, just waiting to die. You know, it's just the fucking the the tension in the fucking lyrics. It's like God. Damn it, man! Like, I, it truly, like, uh, this. Uh, I I jam chat pile nonstop, but when this album came out, it took me a second, and it's still taking me a little bit to jam the whole album all the way through. It's hard. Um, it's it's I, like if you have any sort of anxiety, ang- anxiety. I get some anxiety. If you have anxiety, this way. this might be a hard album to sort of deal with, especially when you get to the closing Dude, my track. My palms which are is... sweaty even talking about it right now. It's like my palms. Yeah. Are I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun, but. Uh, yeah, GrimaceSmokingWeed.jpg is <laughs> <laughs> yeah as silly as the the song title it's also sounds. Shirt they've it's had forever. It's the best shirt. It's basically a suicidal episode, though, and you're yes, dealing yes. with you know becoming he becomes 
the nightman <laughs> to, to sort of make light yeah. of it, you know. Shit's crazy. Thank you. You appreciate Levi. Appreciate really, that I tru- for I, our I, listeners. Levi, is, is, <laughs> <laughs> Levi, Levi connected with that one. Thank you. Um, I think that uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that this feels like um, it does feel like a Melvin's moment, and I hope it's not just a. I don't think this is a fluke. on the song Why or whatever. I, I really hope that this band is able to to do something really cool with with this. No, because there's so many success. other strong tracks on this release. I mean, Why really is super super good and very thought provoking, and I think that it makes it important uh, just that in of itself. So we we've established in, in that we certain areas, you know, what I'm saying like be, you know, we've all established that we agree on on the sentiment of that song. But yeah, slot anyway, slaughterhouse. I thought was very fucking strong as well. The opening of this album, that like sludge metal fucking riff, is just like on point and super heavy. That um, bass drum just intro, just like if you if you're not ready, dump dump like, dump dump. Again, the Melvins kind of Pamela. I feel hits those moments that remind me quite a bit of Corn too, which is of course sort of in the online discourse as well. And I I feel like yep. that was sort of a. Uh, if you're my age and you grew up with the band, you probably sort of picked up on that very quickly. Definitely, life life is peachy vibes, and that yeah, for sure. And that being yeah. their best album, so what a what a, f- a fabulous influence to draw from, if mwah, I may say. Yeah. Mwah, Chef's mwah. kiss there, chat pile. Like I fucking love early corn so much. I still fuck with fucking follow the leader too. Like fuck what everybody says. Like that album is legendary good. Our boy. If Chris. you don't, if you said you don't like that, you're lying, dog. Um, a uh, little plug. Our boy Chris Deering. Uh, he just uh, interviewed, I believe it's the vocalist or one of the members of Chat Pile. I think the guitarist. Uh, the guitarist. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can go check that shit out too. Get he a little more info on all that. He didn't interview Raygun Bush, who was the vocalist of this band. Okay. They they do. It's like they're all like kin mode too. Is the other reference that I wanted to make. Fuck yeah. And that they integrate noise rock and sludge so fucking perfectly. I I uh they uh <laughs> I I forgot how I was going to begin this sentence. My fault. Um they were tweeting yesterday about how uh Chat Pile was tweeting yesterday about how uh like people get all upset when they mention Korn I saw as that. an influence. Yeah, and he was like he was like but like Melvins have referenced that like their favorite band was Kiss. So like fucking chill out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like from my perspective, Kiss kind of sucks. I mean, I don't really like Kiss at all. I'm not a Kiss enjoyer. Neither, yeah, neither do I. And there, I mean, there's probably um, a bunch of people that really don't like Corn. I think Corn's fucking tight. So uh, whatever. Like if you understand, like the hit. I mean, God, we have I'm, a nostalgia hold to no, it. No, no, no. This is not Levi. What you tell me? What you get? No, no, you're. I mean, you're right on like some degree. Like, there's that element certainly that like we had this this nostalgia connection that is like very, very powerful. Yeah, if you like anything, but also, Carson, shut up. Carson, as a younger person, understands this already. You respect that their influence is so profound in modern modern metalcore. Game recognized game. I understand that. Right. I understand. Course, that I know shit. you do. Yeah, I get that's, that. that. That's yeah, not yeah. the issue. I yeah, understand yeah. that you understand. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not telling you that Carson, what you already know. Carson, favorite corn album. This is for our listeners. It's it's life is life peachy. is peachy. Uh, yeah, the riff. Swallow that riff is insane. Crazy. And then in the break of the riff, the one-two punch oh. of 
awesome. Uh, uh, the the first two tracks is just like a legendary new yeah. metal moment. Like but between she and twist and twist, yeah. Like what a what a yeah. fucking one two opening. Bought it on cassette because because Pamita sold out on the CDs, I mean, so I had to get the fucking cassette. It does oh, bug me the way he says pain, like pine. But no, I love the track. Dude, you know how many times I've watched the fucking footage of them from Big Day Out, like in Australia at the Sydney Opera House, like dozens of times. The Family Values. If you haven't seen that, Youngins, go watch that. Go check the Family. The Family. Yeah, the Family Values Tour One Two. It's pretty good. Um, talk, I love though. that this is just. Uh, I love that this has just turned into three guys going. Check out Corn, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the most obvious metal band, like entry Shit's level. Sick. Yeah. Shit's sick. Like yeah, they're. Hey everyone, you might want to check out this band from Ber- Bakersfield. <laughs> like listen, there's there's some like weird stigma behind like successful mainstream metal, and it's like no, listen, this was big for a reason though. Like, this is why there's an entire generation of bands that are, like, entirely derivative of of what they were doing at that time. And granted, that deliver that, um, that, like, I, I, like, Korn sounds, bands that are influenced by Korn definitely watered down the formula. But, like, I'm always going to have Life is PG. I'm always going to have the self-title. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. I mean, I don't like all their albums, but like, I, I no, gotta. That's all you need. You need the self titled? You need Life is Peachy? I like the that? dubstep one. I think the dubstep one's cool. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that I like, I like, enjoy their new stuff in the same way that I enjoy like new Deftones, but yeah, they, they've been like, they've done their best to like remain relevant despite the fact they've had some like member issues like with, with their guitarists or whatnot i forget if it, if it was like monkey or head who like took a hiatus from the band for whatever he's reason he's also on a leave head's back in okay head's, head's back, back in, in but field he's out in. right now field he's out but heads back in a little in. bit there so you know thanks for the update crew yeah yeah <laughs> very have helpful. you guys listened to corn you, yeah corn corn crew out <laughs> um have you guys listened to Fieldy's solo record? Oh, holy shit. No, dude, it's I've so never bad. listened. I bet it's nowhere near as it's good awesome. as West Borland's solo project, Big Dumb Face. <laughs> um, I would rather listen to Big Dumb Face than listen to Fieldy's solo project. Have you heard Big Dumb Face, though, Carson? Of course I have. Awesome. Of course I Have you heard it, Levi? Do you think there's a West Borland project I don't know about? <laughs> so, like, legitimately, the first West Borland solo album, uh, Big Dumb Face, I think was pretty fucking good. Maybe I was just high. I was pretty high. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think no. it was pretty good. You got to be, like, on PCP to enjoy that record. God, chat pal's going to hate us for going on this. We've been on such a tangent. They understand. I'm sure they're fine with it. Thank you for allowing us to talk about corn a bunch with... In, in regards to you, but I think that that's sort of, um, I mean, in my mind, it's just like, wow, we're, we're talking about them next to such a great that they really have, uh, I don't know, everyone's got a lot to say about them, and I think this just kind of proves it, this conversation, just mm-hmm. been able to just go off of, about so many different aspects and elements of their music and. It's great, uh, have, way. it's great having um, uh, each single come out with a music video as well. Um, really kind of bumped up everything in my attention. Uh, have not got to see, an, uh, see enough uh, artistic styling of uh, music videos with uh, Chad Pyle yet. So, um, yeah, just fucking waiting for more, man. This is great. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what they do um, 
like on a different label, maybe. This um, is their first album. Cleanser's awesome. Too, so like the, the next album, well, yeah, yeah. They have EPs and everything like that. But this know? is their first full length oh, studio absolutely, album. So absolutely. What, what I'm getting at is that there's like I think there's a lot of potential for for upward mobility. I guess definitely. I God, I just want them to keep doing this though. Just fucking don't fuck. This is so this is so special. What what's going on here, man? It's <laughs> Chat like, pile. Don't ever change don't or change. age or get different. But don't you develop will and won't we'll embrace it. It'll be fine. But it's just like, damn, dude, it's fucking good, man. I was having an existential crisis today about this kind of same thing, but in regards to botch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't change. I had a I had I had something similar today. It was it was sort of like I, I I don't know just like being in a band for so long that is so influenced by botched like I I don't know it just hurt a little it it hurt a little to read all that but yeah you know, yeah Brian Cook you it, hurt okay. everyone's feelings you meanie it's okay it's okay he he's living his life he can do yeah, what he of course, wants of course care. I you know I I fully acknowledged what he you know his follow up response which was very well articulated and like made perfect sense you know when i think about it though like that's chill because thank you for russian circles and sumac so thank you thank you yeah. so sorry for, especially to thank you for, you for sumac yeah sorry to bother you i just appreciate it thank you Bye. <laughs> but uh, botch also get another bassist yeah. and play play shows because yeah. yeah if brian doesn't want to then come on get nate newton that's easy that's all there is to it Get the new. So, um, back to the chat pile. I w- yeah, I wouldn't like say that they're like a like new metal influenced band, but it's just like clearly there's some like obvious cornisms on this album, which I thought that they're they're very tasteful. Um, yeah. yeah, Pamela being the the the, the foremost of that. Uh, Tropical Beaches Inc. I also thought was a pretty good track as well. The crooked puppet dance or something like that as well. Or good one. Fucking a. That was wicked. Fuck, the wicked puppet wicked dance. That puppet was so dance. fucking good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shit's awesome. I I can't recommend it enough. It's it's so dope. I, I'm so glad that there's a band like this right now. Carson favorite track. Uh why? Why? Christian favorite track. Oh, I I gotta say, even though it kind of like gives me a bit of like like PTSD <laughs> grimace smoking weed dot JPEG is one of the biggest highlights of the record for me, but I'm inclined to do slaughterhouse because of just how anthemic that opening is with the, the drum just the opening drum break. I'm going to say slaughterhouse as well, because as a chat pile fan, um, I would say when I heard that bass drum kick in, I was like, Oh fucking, I'm good. That's what like, sold just, me. I, I just, I just like my, my guard was let down. I'm like, bring it in. Yeah. He was like, okay, all right, we're good. We're yeah, good. We're that good. sold yeah. me on it as yeah. well. That's so funny to say that because that was the first track that I had heard by chat pile. I was like, okay, fine. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Like everybody is tagging me and sending me this. Like shit's good. Okay. Shit's I'll good. give it a chance. Yeah. And it, they're, they're sending it to me because they think it sounds like Daughters, probably. And I would say to, to those people that it sounds actually like the Jesus Lizard. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I would, I would say like, we got a lot of other bands we just named that we could fit in before Daughters. But uh, right. yeah, man, um, yeah, this is amazing. So yeah, I, I, I mean, my, myself, I say Slaughterhouse. Just yeah, the instrumentals are nothing like Daughters, really. I mean, yeah. hardly. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, track? I think Slaughterhouse is the one. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Slaughterhouse, which is track one from Chat Pile's new album, which is called God's Country, and that came out on July 29th via The Flinzer.
Here we go.
All right, so that was Slaughterhouse, which is track one from God's Country, which is Chad Pyle's new album, which came out back in July via The Flinzer. So before we wrap this up, I guess maybe we should talk to our good friend Carson Pace of the Calistow Boys, who has been formerly our correspondent and uh, a right. good job tonight. Close friend of the Matt. show. And now a Math, math Core Index intern at one point. Yes. Yeah. So Carson Pace, September 2nd. Yes, me. Me. Celebrity therapist, the Calistow Boys. I am. That's right. I'm so excited for you for this album. I've just. Coming on the 2nd? September 2nd. Fucking yeah. A, man. Ready? Next, next Friday. Next, next Friday. Which yeah. I, of course, I, I have to say is also the same release date as Sunflower, All These Darlings, and Now Me, and 156 Silence. Narrative. Narrative. Thank Yo, you. we got what math core index called. community all up in this bitch. It's as Gary, my our good friend Gary Trelease would say of the heaviest, it's a math core Christmas. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So a little bit. this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. this year, math core Christmas falls on September second, <laughs> and it sure does. We're getting we're getting Dow boys. We're getting sunflower. We're getting one five six. That's amazing. Um, Wow, I mean, you've just been getting such a tremendous amount of of fucking of press on this album. Definitely. Like it's it's been um and and uh for anyone wondering, uh this podcast is like not a part of the press tour. No, <laughs> like, this is I, just I'm doing this podcast of my own volition. <laughs> I, I love you guys. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Um We equally love Carson. Uh, not that I'm not Yeah, I mean, um it's it's been a lot. Uh, you know, we were on a tour with a pretty mainstream metal band like last month. You were on uh, tour with Avatar and Light the Torch, which features Howard Jones of Kill Switch Engage. Holy yeah. fucking shit, That's crazy, dog. dude. Yeah, I saw that dude every day. It was really crazy. Um, How surreal is but, that? Uh, like, what a what a metalcore legend. It was it was pretty nuts. Um, I was uh, I I was too starstruck to say anything most days. So, um, you have any meaningful I, interactions? I said goodbye to him. Um, what was that? Do you have any meaningful interactions with Howard? Actually, yes. We went to dinner with Light the Torch before the Sacramento show, and uh, he uh, he patted me on the back before he left, and he goes, "You're gonna do great tonight, Carson." Uh, and I was like, Thanks. "For our listeners, Howard I'm very Jones. excited." Face Jesus. right now. Um, it was crazy. Genuinely um, excited to hear that for you. That's fucking sick. Thank As a friend, you, thank you. you know. Um, and I think that that tour like grew our fan base quite a bit. Um just to people who otherwise probably would have never heard of us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They put you in front really of nuts. massive audience. So you, you started playing. So you've been playing like 250, 300 caps. But this tour took you out on uh, dates that were putting you in front of 1,200 people. You played So What Fest. Mm-hmm. That was like your biggest uh, gig to date, I want to say. Uh, yeah. So What, I, I want to say we played to... Like I don't know, two, three thousand people maybe. It was it was a lot of fucking people at that festival, um, and that was cool. Um, we uh, we were like right before Kublai Khan, um, had like a great time slot. Um, and yeah, dude, uh, watching them play in their home state, it was I I mean we all said it. We were like we're watching Pantera in like 1995 right now. Like this is insane. Um, it was fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, it was, it was really crazy. We were on tour with Greyhaven, and, uh, you know, amazing band, 
but we were doing small rooms. I think the biggest room we did on that tour was like a 500 cap. And, uh, oh, and uh, of course, just to quickly mention, I saw you tear that fucking place in Sacramento down, whatever, that hick bar with the fucking Punisher guys who were also there. But good show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a weird environment. Um, but uh, yeah, the big ass American flag behind us, and I was like, if you guys could hear the first song on our record, um, uh, spoiler. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it was it was a it, it was cool. That was a great tour for us. Um, you know, Greyhaven and and Limbs, the other band on that tour, have have toured way more than us, so we got a lot of experience out of that. Um, but about three dates into that tour, we got offered that Avatar one, and it was like. You're going to be playing to mostly sold out crowds of like 12 to 1500 people every night. Um, and it was uh, fucking scary because uh, they don't know who I you are. Over... They don't want to hear your band right now. They just want to hear. Not at the all. Band they no. see. Um, a lot of them don't even want to hear light the torch. Uh, it was it was pretty wild. Man, that's but, disrespectful, um, dog. I know. Um, great guys, too. You know, their basis was in bleeding through. Uh, I think that like we really got over our fear of like playing to a large crowd and, you know, just kind of got used to being a, a solid support band. And I mean, we won people over. Um, I think that, uh, avatars fan base maybe was more inclined to fuck with us because I mean, I don't know if you know anything about avatar, but they are incredibly theatrical, incredibly weird. Um, and like, honestly, pretty genre band bendy for, for what they do. They have like a ska song, um, they are super cool. I, I, they were an awesome band to be on tour with and, uh, we got along with them really well. So I, I think we're probably going to do another run, run with them next year. With That's Avatar? Um, awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Man. Yeah. With them. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a big learning experience. I, I, I am like a different person than I was three months ago. <laughs> like, I'm just like. It, it it changes you. It changes you real hard. Traveling changes you, and traveling and doing what you love changes you even more, and reinforces you psychologically that you're making the right moves. So, congrats on making the right moves, and I hope that you can keep this ball rolling. Thank you, thank you. Um, and just quick shout out: end of the tour. Uh, after we played the last day with Avatar in Tucson, we went and played with From Joy, Amnesia Garden. Uh, Karama and uh, uh, some members of uh, no. uh, fuck I can't remember their fucking name um, all very good bands though Kurama uh, yeah um, and we met the Pillar of Wasps guys too Pillar of Wasps oh shit yeah obviously just love that band Dark one of the, Dark one of the best shows we've ever played period it was so cool Texas brings um, it so fucking hard I can't say enough good things about that whole crew. Um, Ballista was also there. Every everyone in that band, it, it was it was one of the coolest shows we've ever played. Uh, from Joy, um, along with the Callous Boys, I feel like are one of the uh, most uh, boundary pushing bands in uh, in the genre right now. If you if you want a little secret, me and me and Kale from From Joy are are writing together. Uh, like after I get off this call, we are getting on a call together to write. Tingles. Oh, cool. Tingles interesting yeah um but yeah uh new album next week um i'm really proud of it i think christian thinks it's uh i think christian thinks it's not as good as die on mars but um that's okay <laughs> no you know it's oh funny. we'll cover it carson we'll see what happens here maybe we'll see <laughs> i haven't like yeah i haven't written down i mean i like live streamed my 
like our stream of conscious reactions to Carson as I was listening to the album. But uh, yeah, I, I've seen it come together since like the very earliest manifestations of Star Baby, which has not even been released yet. And um, Beautiful Dude Missile. I think Beautiful Dude Missile was actually, that's also not out yet. Uh, I think that was the first track no. that you completed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. You sent me the, the final draft of. And then maybe Star Baby and, um, uh, of course, um, Time. Time Loops? Yeah, Time yeah, Loops. A brief article regarding Time Loops. Yeah, I yeah. think that was actually, that may have been like the first track that you started working on from that. Is that correct? Uh. That was actually, I, I want to say, like, the second to last one. Oh, okay. um, Dude Missile was definitely first, though. I think it was, like, the three that we had, like, completed, um, like, way before we ever went into the studio were Dude Missile, Star Baby, and uh, Title Track. Okay. We had those We had those three, like, ready to go. Um, I remember and, the first uh, time you sent me the Title Track with the, also not out yet, with the singing. I was like, wow, we're really, take, you're really taking it to that level of, of like pop accessibility that bands like uh, Ithaca and Rolla Tomasi are sort of are chasing, but in a way that's um, I, I think I enjoy more though. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll we'll see what it does. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, I I also could like see uh, people commenting that it's not a mathcore record. That's fine. It's okay. Uh, there's plenty of mathcore sequences on the record. I'll tell you right now. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot. It's just it's more experimental. Um, definitely more experimental, more accessible. Everything that every band says about their new record. It's more <laughs> melodic and heavier. <laughs> no, but for real, this is like there are massive breakdowns and super fucking heavy chaotic moments. Like Time Loops has that that atmospheric breakdown moment, um, which was a pleasure to like mosh to in person i guess gotta say yeah <laughs> shit went hard yeah. yeah that was that was wonderful but yeah uh, i think uh i i think that everyone's gonna like it i'd like it i love it i think it's the coolest thing we've ever done but you know i i am on math core index i'm in the presence of dark trail records Dion Mars is is the definitive one. Whatever you want me to it's say, it's your hot damn. You know? I mean, this is this is your miss machine. Are the we celebrity therapist? Is your miss machine? Thank you. I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about it. Unless you want to ask me more about it, has Levi heard the record? I nope. I sent. I'm very excited. He has. He's okay. he's heard the early right. streams, but it was like months ago before you sent me the final masters. I think. Oh, oh okay. no! Yeah, right, I haven't heard yeah. like the final of, of anything. He hasn't heard yeah, the finals yeah. yet. So okay, shit, yeah. Shit, yeah. If you could bump right. right. that for me and for Levi as well, that'd be great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. Okay, so um, so celebrity therapist, Calista Boys, September second. It's on twelve inch final. It's on CD. It's on tape. Which, by the way, did you know that tapes are more expensive than CDs right now? Oh, we know. Carson, that's that's fucked. Yeah, what is up with that? I don't know, man. It's a whole thing. Yeah, CDs are also also all these darlings and now me by Sunflower, Dark Trail Records, also One Five Six Silence Narrative, Sharp Tone. Boom! Please, Mathcore Christmas, baby. That's all you gotta know. September second. It is three three very good. Uh, records. I have I have heard both of those records and both of them kick ass. 
Thank you so much no. for saying that. Yeah, I, I really like believe in in Sunflower, and I'm not just saying that as the person who is putting out that record. I'm saying that as like a genuine like fan of them, uh, and of course, I give that same endorsement to the Dogwise record. I I can't say that I like it more than Die on Mars right now, but it, I'm also I've been sort of like will um, though I've been taking a break from it just for this exact reason. So like when it comes out, it's like a fresh new album to me. Because right now, yeah. all I remember is the singles and like the main motif from like "Beautiful Dude Missile" and uh, "Star Baby." Yeah, that main like uh, weird like seven four uh, nine eight counterbalance that we do yeah. on on Dude Missile. Yeah, no big deal. No big fucking deal. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that shit fucking rocks whatever, though. Dude. Dudes rock, mother. Whatever, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm I. I think it's like way better than Die on Mars. No, you should like, be immensely uh, proud. It's 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 way more experimental. I think that um, I think that the risks that you took on this record are, are gonna are gonna pay off, and you've got big things coming your way. I'm just waiting to see you guys on like Fallon and like Adult Swim and shit. I'm excited for for whenever that happens. Do you can you book us on that? <laughs> uh, I've. I have legitimately tried to hit up Jimmy Fallon on multiple occasions on so he many has, different channels. On so, this is not even a lie on multiple channels and um, and the other Jimmy, the other talk show host who's the other Jim Jam, the other guy, Jim 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 Ramerson. Kimmel Kimmel very Kimmel. frequently has like heavier bands on, so like Dude, I don't think it's out of the question for us. Exactly, like it's definitely not. I, I've I've hit him, I've hit Kimmel and fucking Fallon up on multiple occasions and Adult Swim. But Adult Swim had recently had a change. They cut all their shit. You ain't getting these from Adult Swim anymore. They, the guy who used to curate their music selection moved on like late last year or something. So That guy was so nice to us, too. He used BlackBerry in like a mixtape that Adult Swim did. And he hit us up like as we were rolling out the record. And he was like, hey, if I was still at Adult Swim, like I'd, you know... He's like, I just want to let you know that, like, you know, your name's in the ear over there. Like, I I love your band. That guy was so good to us, and I'm I'm sad that he's gone. I responded immediately to me on Twitter, like a little fucking yeah, good dude. Yeah, I'm like a shitbird on Twitter, with like a, a nobody basically, just like, hey, can you blah 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 blah? And he like got back to me immediately. He was like, yo, I don't work yeah. there anymore. Like what? What a what a fucking G for taking the time out of his day to respond to like a stupid question from somebody on the internet who could have figured that out, like, figured that out on their own volition. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So one more time, uh, Callus Dabways, September second. Celebrity therapist catch them on tour with Rilla Tomasi. Damn. And Cryptodira. And Cryptodira, who are also G's, coming soon to a town near you in September. If uh, if we're on the East Coast, there's like a very good chance we're coming to your city. So there you have it. We're an American band. We're an American band. We're coming to your town. <laughs> That's a shit. That's a song and a reference that you understand. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 85th episode of Mathcast. I'm your host Christian. I'm your host Levi. And thank you so much, Carson, again for joining us on this episode. Good night and stay beautiful.